We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. State of New York says it will prioritize non-white people in the distribution of COVID treatments in short supply. Patrick Foss explains. Health released a document detailing its plans to distribute the treatments such as monoclonal antibody treatment and antiviral pills. The department says, quote, one such risk factor is being a race or ethnicity that is not white due to a longstanding systematic health and social inequities, unquote. Political commentators spoke out. Hugh Hewitt asked, do you believe state action based in any way on race is constitutional? Jim Hansen said this is discrimination by skin color. And Carol Markowitz responded, white people need not apply. Patrick Foss reporting. Strong storms rolling through the south early in the morning. A number of small towns have a lot of damage. This is SRN News. These are the official rules for all contests on Salem Media Group and Salem Communications Holding Corporation stations in the Twin Cities. Collectively, Salem TC from time to time will conduct contests. No purchase necessary to enter or win. If for any reason a prize is not available, a substitute prize may be offered. Winners will be limited to one prize every 30 days. Winners of a major prize will be limited to one every 365 days. A major prize is any prize with a value of more than $1,000. Participants and winners must be U.S. residents that are responsible for any and all taxes. For full contest rules, see this station's website. You're listening to AM 1280. It's the Patriots, and it's still sunny and cold with a high near four out there, so bundle up, stay safe. SalemNewsChannel.com is a news channel that loves America, and we're not afraid to admit it. Watch your favorite hosts like Dennis Prager, Hugh Hewitt, and more. We're the channel that believes in freedom of speech and religion being fundamental to what we do. Check it out, SalemNewsChannel.com. We won't be bullied by big tech, will you? Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM-1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag NARN Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to uh, follow us along on Facebook, feel free to do so. Go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like and a follow if you haven't done so already. And we do have a live stream up and running. I'm waving to the camera right now. Uh, I've been told in the past that occasionally the live stream kind of interrupts from time to time. I apologize for that. Uh, I can't emphasize enough, I'm no technical guru, so I'm not sure what that's all about. But we do have the live stream up and going. We have a couple of viewers uh, having tuned in. And as I, I gave a shout-out to Gary from War Road last hour, as well as Bernadette, who is now living in Arizona. So lucky her, especially on a day like this, I'll tell you. Uh, we appreciate it, one and all, as we are approaching our 18-year anniversary of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and there is no stop sign in front of us yet. A lot to get to in 2022, that is for certain. And we will definitely be talking about a lot of those issues going forward. But for the time being, for this hour, I did want to focus on what were some of the big stories uh, in 2021, biggest news stories, most memorable news stories as far as you're concerned, regarding the state of Minnesota. You know, whether it be in the Twin Cities proper or, you know, outstate Minnesota, what are some of the stories that stuck out in your mind? I have a feeling 
that a couple I'm going to go through here in the first couple of segments are probably going to leap to your mind as well. But I want to hear from you. I always want to hear from the, the listeners, but I definitely want to hear from you in this one. What are some of the biggest news stories uh, that stick out in your mind that had a local angle? State of Minnesota, 651-289-4488. And you can also weigh in via Twitter at uh, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. I want to hear what yours are. Uh, obviously, for me and for a lot of us, the biggest uh, story in Minnesota where at least we were the focus of national attention was the trial of Derek Chauvin. Of course, he, the former Minneapolis police officer accused of murder uh, in the killing of George Floyd back on Memorial Day of 2020. Uh, Chauvin, he was found guilty on all three counts in George Floyd's death. It was uh, second-degree murder was the most serious charge, as well as two other charges in uh, Floyd's death. Obviously, in Minnesota, you are charged based on the most uh, the one that carries the harshest sentence, which, of course, was a second-degree murder. And he was then sentenced a couple of months later to 22 and a half years in jail. Uh, Chauvin right now is, I believe he's 45 years old. So 22 and a half years, that'll bring him close to 70 years old. But then he recently uh, was pled guilty to violating, to a uh, charge that he violated George Floyd's civil rights. And so I don't know what um, kind of um, sentence that would carry. An additional sentencing, we'll, we'll certainly find out. But yeah, the the Twin Cities was certainly the epicenter of this, gearing up for it. The trial began in March, and it was ultimately decided on April 20th with the guilty plea. Uh, Chauvin did not take the stand in his own defense. And I remember thinking, you know, going into this, because I was, I was reading a lot of legal experts, and initially, Hennepin County District Attorney Mike Freeman, the most severe charge he brought forth was third-degree murder, and that was not satisfactory. So then the Attorney General's office, uh, Keith Ellison's uh, office, uh, he decided to take over the case, and the most severe charge was going to be second-degree murder, which Chauvin was ultimately convicted. And I was reading a lot of legal analysts. And the one thing they said is second-degree murder is a stretch because that would imply that he killed George Floyd while in the process of committing another felony. Well, what felony was he committing? He was taking George Floyd under arrest. Whether you agree or not, George Floyd would have been arrested. And, you know, there were arguments that he should have been arrested because he was under the influence of narcotics, particularly the fentanyl he ingested. So what, you're just going to let him drive in his car? under the influence of fentanyl that's so i i in my opinion he was justifiably arrested but what we later learned is local jails were not even taking perpetrators on drug charges because jails were overcrowded or they weren't deeming those charges important enough to take them in so i don't know i guess they would have sent him someplace to once he got once the after effects of the fentanyl wore off, that they just would have released him. But uh, Pete Orpet, who appeared, uh, who was the initially going to be the prosecutor in the Kim Potter case, he was on Jack Tomzak's show. My friend and colleague Jim Jack Tomzak, who has his own show here on the Patriot Now Saturdays, three to five p.m. He had Pete Orpet on a show a few months ago, and and uh, Attorney Orpet said that very thing. He said they wouldn't have taken him in jail. So why they were arresting him? Where were they planning on taking him? So my point in bringing all that up, it was later ascertained that he was using excessive force on George Floyd to detain him, and that was the felony that he was committing in the process that ultimately caused George Floyd's death, specifically when he was on the back of George Floyd's neck. Now, that alone is an excessive force, but I guess when he was like lifting, leaning against him and lifting his legs off the ground— using that kind of excessive force when he was already detained, that was determined to be the felony charge and thus caused George Floyd's death and thus rose to the level of second-degree murder. Now, of course, in leading up to this, you had a lot of questions of what would happen to the city if indeed 
Chauvin was acquitted because a lot of people say, oh, my God, if he's acquitted, if he's acquitted, oh, my God, what's going to happen then? There was never any shot of that. He was going to get charged with something. I think second-degree manslaughter was one of the charges as well as third-degree murder in addition to second-degree murder. So there was no way he was going to get off scot-free. wasn't going to happen. But uh, I do understand uh, the angst of the black community because there's been there have been several high-profile cases of white officers uh, going on trial for whether it's killing black men or you know severely injuring him in the case of obviously Rodney King in 1992 beating him with an inch of his life that were acquitted and so obviously there was still that anxiety there well it turns out Chauvin was uh, found guilty of all three charges and obviously again in the sentencing here in Minnesota is that he uh, gets uh, sentenced based on the large on the most severe charge. Well, what I noticed, MSNBC, uh, Jason Johnson, he's a black man, and he teaches at a historically uh, black uh, college and university. I, I forget which one. Uh, he was on MSNBC in the aftermath of this verdict being released, and it. It was it was almost if he couldn't take yes for an answer. I'll read his quote here. I've got it in front of me. Uh, when he was asked um, about the verdict, he called it a cultural makeup call, basically saying, "Well, all these other officers they got off scot free, so this is just a makeup call." You know, and, and here's a, I'll read the rest of his quote. I'm not happy. I'm not pleased. I don't have any sense of satisfaction. I don't think this is the system working. This is the justice system trying to say, "Hey." This is one bad apple. I mean, he was found guilty on all three charges. Sentenced to 22 and a half years. Now, this was before he ple- Chauvin pled guilty to violating George Floyd's civil rights. Okay, so there probably be even more years added on. And if he ever does see the light of day, he'll be an elderly man. But he, the guy couldn't take yes for an answer. I mean, this is the outcome that was desired. This was the outcome that was expected. And I dare say justice was served. Because at the end of the day, George Floyd was dead and he shouldn't be. And this was what frustrated me during a lot of these high-profile cases, is we had a tendency to denigrate the person's background. George Floyd was not a Boy Scout. No one's going to, no one should try to make the case saying otherwise. But what relevance did that have to that incident, Memorial Day 2020? What what gave Derek Chauvin the right to be judge, jury, and executioner and take George Floyd's life? Yeah, George Floyd was a bad character, but he didn't deserve to die. I don't understand. I've never understood the relevance in dredging up someone else's past. And I've said this before on this show many times. Did you re- do you realize that's how the organization Black Lives Matter got started? It actually, in my opinion, was started with a very pure purpose. When Trayvon Martin, you remember he was the uh, young black kid that was killed by George Zimmerman in Florida. When George Zimmerman saw him walking around this Florida neighborhood, didn't recognize him, and called 911 saying, hey, there's a suspicious character walking around the neighborhood. And George Floyd approached it, or not George Floyd, George Zimmerman. I'm getting my Georges mixed up here. George Zimmerman approached Trayvon Martin, and forensic evidence showed that a scuffle ensued and ultimately Zimmerman shot Trayvon Martin dead. And, of course, people were just livid. It's like this is a young black kid. He was unarmed, just walking through a neighborhood with a hoodie, but yet because he's black and has a hoodie over his head, he somehow uh, deemed a threat. And people were dredging up old pictures of Trayvon Martin, I guess, smoking dope and engaging in other activities. And people were like, wait a minute, his life still mattered. Hence, the organization Black Lives Matter was built. Very pure purpose. Now, unfortunately, you get some uh, Marxists, the cultural Marxists that take over the organization and basically loot it. Okay? Like the head of the Black Lives Matter has got like four residents. So it's a shame that that's the direction it's taken. It's gone more into cultural Marxism than it has actually trying to impact black lives. And it's a shame. So, yeah, I am 100% on board with the sentiment Black Lives Matter, absolutely they matter. But the organization of that name, don't have anything to do with it. So uh, that, I would say, 
is probably the top story uh, in Minnesota in 2021 is the Derek Chauvin trial because it garnered literally world headlines. I mean, the trial was broadcast on all major cable news networks. So, yeah, the Twin Cities was the epicenter of that. That is for sure. Uh, we did have a caller who is a former – is that caller still on line one? Do they not want to give their name? Just want to say former Twin Cities resident? Okay, that's fine. Uh, line one, uh, we have do have a caller that wants to weigh in possibly their uh, biggest news story of 2021. Uh, go ahead, caller. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yeah, hey there. Yeah, I was a Minneapolis resident for 17 years, lived just a few blocks from the 3rd Precinct that got burnt down. Okay. Um, just just moved out to the East Metro. But uh, I think the defund the police movement and, um, well, the fact that it failed in the vote was a story as well. Because, uh, you know, obviously the murder of George Floyd, which I appreciate how you framed it, um, was a big deal. But I think the, there was an overreaction. And I, I think it's actually going to go the opposite in the next few years because of it. Yeah, that that thank, thanks for the call. That was actually my top three. The uh, obviously the Chauvin trial, no particular order. The Chauvin trial, and next I'm going to talk about the uh, trial of uh, former Brooklyn Center police officer Kim Potter. That one recently uh, wrapped up, and of course defund the police. That was in my top three. So yes, very good call caller. Uh, that is also in mine as well, and very good insight as well. Yeah, that was definitely uh, an overreaction. We have a tendency to do that. Uh, that's why when there is a horrific incident, a lot of people, when they say thoughts and prayers, they don't say they don't use it as a policy remedy. Rather, it's just to, hey, let's let's calm things down. Cooler heads prevail. Let's think of a rational approach to this, because if we think if we just make an emotional decision, uh, eventually the emotion is going to wear off. But the consequences of that emotional decision are going to endure and we can't have that. So uh, very good call, caller. We appreciate that. But, yeah, that's the next one I'm going to get to is actually the trial of former uh, Brooklyn Center police officer Kim Potter. And we'll be here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And we do have the live stream up and running at the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Talking about the biggest news stories in Minnesota in 2021, Talking about the Derek Chauvin trial, segment one. Talking about the trial of Kim Potter coming up next, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep, I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Get 
Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more. At iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com. Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Hey, welcome back. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Continuing the theme this hour, what are the biggest news stories in Minnesota from 2021? I took the first segment to talk about the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who was found guilty of a second-degree murder of George Floyd and sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. Want to uh, weigh in on the case of former Brooklyn Center police officer Kim Potter. This is an incident that took place on April 11th, where during a routine traffic stop, uh, uh, Kim Potter and two other officers pulled over 20-year-old Dante Wright for having expired tabs and an air freshener hanging from his mirror. When they ran his plates, it was determined he had an outstanding warrant for weapons charge. So obviously they were going to take him under arrest protocol. And as he was, they were trying to cuff him, he escaped handcuffs and got back into his car while the car was running. Officer Potter pulled out what she thought was her taser and yelled, taser, 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 I'm going to tase you. And she fired a shot. It turns out it was her firearm, not her taser. It was one shot into Dante Wright, ultimately killing him. Uh, the Potter trial then took place uh, just this past month, and she was found guilty of both se- uh, first and second degree manslaughter. And we do have a caller on line one that wants to weigh in on this. Robert is on hold on line one. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Brad. Uh, I have two comments. The first one is when people get involved in crime, they not only put themselves at risk, at more risk of getting hurt or killed, they also draw in other innocent people, you know, because of the chaos that ensues and because of the struggle, you know, resisting police. Sure. Uh, my second comment is a little bit of an objection to what you said about Trayvon Martin. Now, I read, and you can still read it online, from Tray, uh, George Zimmerman's father. He said that... Um, You know, the police dispatcher told Zimmerman not to follow Trayvon Martin. And then George Zimmerman supposedly agreed to that, but then they asked his location. So he had to walk around and look for a street sign to give the exact location. And while he was doing that, Trayvon Martin Martin came around the corner and said, are you looking for trouble? You found it and advanced towards George Zimmerman. Now, that's another account of what actually happened. Sure. How do we really know what happened? Nobody was there to witness it. Yeah, they gleaned. I remember they gleaned the forensic evidence that because Zimmerman had cuts in the back of his head and all as well as wet grass on his back, that he was on his back. And therefore, that was uh, caused to fire his weapon to defend himself because they he was under the threat of deadly force. The problem with that case, because Zimmerman was not convicted of anything, the problem with that, they went for the all, all or nothing. They tried to charge Zimmerman with second-degree murder. And right away, many people are saying, that's an overcharge. He's going to get acquitted. That second-degree murder, not happening. That's not going to happen yeah, because there just wasn't the evidence there. And then when it was, it was compounded by the fact that Zimmerman had wounds on the back of his head and, like I say, wet grass stains on his back, that he was actually being attacked and therefore allowed to use deadly force. And a lot of people were saying, well, that's Florida stand-your-ground law. That just gives you a right to go out and kill anybody. Well, that didn't apply in that case, okay? Uh, because the problem was, again, you're charging someone with second-degree murder, and that was uh, never going to happen. 
So, but I appreciate the uh, uh, the call on that, Bob. But yeah, so we're talking about the uh, Kim Potter case nine days before Chauvin was sentenced. So literally in the midst of the Chauvin trial, you had this incident in Brooklyn Center where Kim Potter tragically, mistakenly uh, fired her gun when she thought she was holding her taser. And again, people like me are just we're just incredulous. So like, how do you make that mistake? Because the sole purpose of having the taser on your opposite side is in a non-emergency situation. And if she deemed that a non-emergency, whereas, you know, Dante Wright didn't have any weapons but wanted to subdue him, then you reach across to get your taser. But the body cam footage shows how she immediately reached for her firearm, you know, on her dominant side, her right side. And a 20-plus-year veteran can't make that mistake. Now, I get it. It wasn't on purpose, and I don't even think the jury— in fact, there was a jury— who gave an interview under the request of anonymity, said, look, we felt she was a good cop. We felt her emotions were genuine, that she felt awful about what had happened, and that it was a, it was an honest mistake, but there has to be consequences. And again, when, they, when I thought, okay, at worst, it's going to be second-degree manslaughter. No way it's going to be first-degree manslaughter. Well, she got, she got charged with both. So again, sentencing, it's the most severe charge. You get sentenced on. Sentencing guidelines are typically seven years. I mean, I think the maximum penalty is 15 years for first-degree manslaughter, but the guidelines, the way sentencing is gone, it's been seven years, but it's under the discretion of the judge. Well, obviously, people are pushing for the maximum, and I don't think that should be the case. But again, I'm no legal expert. Will it be the case? Again, I don't know. But should it be the case? I don't think so. So, but my point is, is that while Chauvin was little more than a, the Chauvin trial had about nine days left, as it turns out, because he was uh, found guilty on August 20th. On August 11th, this incident took place in Brooklyn Center. And uh, immediately you have, oh, there it is, another white cop shooting a, a an unarmed black man. And that had not, that was just a narrative that was ginned up. The basic facts are that she made a horrible mistake. Now, would she have made that mistake were a white dri- were a white driver? There's no way to know. But this didn't seem racially motivated, and no one with a rational brain, okay, which removes Nikema Levy Armstrong, who wanted the char- who wanted murder charges brought, uh, would surmise that this was a racially motivated incident. And, you know, I talked about Pete Orpit before. He was going to be the initial prosecutor on this, and he eventually gave it up because you had these radical Black Lives Matter activists protesting outside his house demanding he bring murder charges. And, again, murder charges, you weren't going to get a conviction. Kind of like with Trayvon Martin. You weren't going to get a murder conviction out of George in the George Zimmerman case. It wasn't going to happen. And so... They passed the, the the case ended up being passed to the attorney general's office, and not even the attorney general's office was going to bring murder charges. And Keith Ellison is certainly no friend of the police, right? So uh, th- that's how it uh, ended up happening. Uh, I was I was shocked when the verdict was handed down, but again, uh, the they decided that uh, it was the that it was I don't know if 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 the term negligence was brought forth, but that she should have known better than to reach for her uh, firearm when she should have reached for a taser. You just can't make that mistake. And while they don't believe that this was willful, uh, she still has to pay the consequences. I don't know when sentencing is going to take place, but uh, I, I'd be shocked if it's more than the standard seven years that comes with uh, first-degree manslaughter. Uh, here I'll read. Uh, this is from the uh, an interview that this anonymous juror gave to a local news station, uh, Care Eleven. I'll read an excerpt from it real quick. Uh, I don't think any juror felt Kim Potter was a liar, but we did get the feeling she was fighting for her life by testifying, and we understood why she would be. The juror said. The jury member said they were surprised to learn after the verdict was handed down that some people didn't believe Potter's tears were real. Uh, Just being in the courtroom, it felt very real and tangible to me. She seemed very upset and apologetic, the juror said. Despite this, the jury generally believed Potter should should have known she was holding her gun given her years of experience. 
The jurors said a turning point in the deliberations came after jurors handled Potter's gun and taser to feel the difference. The gun was twice as heavy, and the two weapons had several differences in how they are unholstered and fired, the juror said. The taser kind of feels like a mouse click, whereas the gun's trigger has some trigger draw weight. The juror added that the deliberations were heated at times and that every member of the jury cried at some point. So there you have it. Uh, Kim Potter, definitely one of the top three uh, news stories in Minnesota in 2021. We come back. We'll uh, discuss this more, and we'll uh, get your feedback as well. 651 289-4488 289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with another segment. Go nowhere. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith I'm Staff Sergeant Alex. I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I'm proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. As we head into the new year, the big question is, will you follow through with the resolutions and goals you make for the coming year? Boy, the last couple years have been a little tough, and probably one of those goals you'd like is to set yourself and your family up for a better 2022. Well, you can do that with a cash-out refinance from United Faith Mortgage. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here, and my friends at United Faith Mortgage can take care of you with a cash-out refinance. A little extra cash in your pocket, redo that loan, and take care of some of those projects you might want to have done. Pay off a little debt. Maybe you want to do a little remodeling or whatever the case may be, you are in control. The great thing about United Faith Mortgage is their direct lender advantage, meaning there's no middleman. And that advantage allows us to get a better rate for you so you can save monthly and lifelong money. And again, United Faith Mortgage will cover your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd normally have to pay up front. Visit them online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. NMLS number 1330. Ryan Vrecka, NMLS number 65233. Welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Going over the uh, biggest news stories of 2021 here in the state of Minnesota. I think everyone would agree that the uh, trial of former uh, police officers Derek Chauvin and Kim Potter have to top the list. I mean, I put Minnesota in the, na- in the national spotlight. Uh, Chauvin, of course, found guilty of second-degree murder of George Floyd, sentenced to 22 and a half years. Uh, Kim Potter, a former Brooklyn Center police officer, found guilty of first-degree manslaughter. Uh, in the shooting death of 20-year-old Dante Wright. Uh, Her sentencing is yet to be determined, but we'll certainly talk about that when it comes up. And a caller mentioned earlier another uh, big news story and one that really put Minnesota 
in the national spotlight is a ballot initiative to defund the police. Or <clears throat> were they calling it a, a, a kind of a reconfiguring the police where they may use some public safety officers in certain other situations and will just kind of change the funding around, but it's not an uh, actual defund the police. But, uh, yeah, it was a de facto defund the police. And we've talked about this particular one a lot on this show, and it's almost as if the uh, just the constant scrutiny that the Minneapolis Police Department was under and some of the rhetoric that was levied toward them was unwarranted. There are some legitimate criticisms, no doubt about it. And I'm on the I'm I'm a person who isn't you know isn't a 100% hashtag back the blue. There definitely need to be some reforms in how officers do their jobs. I don't think there's any question about that. Okay, but that's a discussion that can be had. But again, you know, as the caller mentioned earlier, in the heat of the moment when police precincts are being burned down and, and everything else, that's not the time to make the decision. And clearly the citizens of Minneapolis were not quite ready to delve into the uh, Mad Max post-apocalyptic world without having any kind of law and order. I mean, as it was, police morale was greatly reduced. You had officers leaving the field altogether, some of them taking early retirement, some of them taking a stress leave, what have you, and it's depleted the police department to the point where they have not replaced a lot of those officers. And who is really going to be eager to get into that profession in general, given how much it's maligned? Now, again, I get it. There, there, are, there are crooked cops. Let's just be blunt about it. But the only way it gets rooted out is the cops who are out there doing an honorable job and not standing for it and saying, not on my watch. And I get it. That's easier said than done. Okay? So there, I, I, don't, I don't suggest that there's any easy answer. But to defund the police, which leads to a de facto abolish the police, I'm sorry, when you're having Ilan Omar and Minneapolis City Councilman Jeremiah Ellison, an advocate for this, it's... Their ultimate goal is to abolish a police force. It's not going to stop there with just the uh, uh, the obligatory defund. So this question was put on the ballot. It was qu- ballot question number two this past November uh, uh, for the municipal elections. And I'll read from an NPR news story uh, that was uh, drafted the day after. Uh, voters in Minneapolis resoundingly rejected a proposal to reinvent policing in their city 17 months after the killing of George Floyd by police sparked massive protests and call for change. Approximately 56% of voters rejected a ballot question that would have removed the Minneapolis Police Department from the city charter and replaced it with a, quote, public health-oriented, close quote, Department of Safety. The S campaign conceded defeat in a statement that read, in part, We spoke the truth while the opposition, Democrats and Republicans alike, spread lies and mischaracterized our measure to create confusion, distrust, and fear. Uh, Did Javier Murillo write that statement? Kind of sounds like something uh, he would write. Yeah, he he was the uh, kind of the front lines, basically calling the police a criminal organization. So this idea that, uh, in his mind, defund isn't a de facto abolish is, is, is just a bunch of lies. <clears throat> anyway, I digress. Uh, nationally, the vote was seen as a test of the political movement to defund traditional policing as it ran up against concerns about rising violent crime. Uh, I, I wrote about this at bradcarlson.org a few days after um, the vote had taken place. Javier Murillo appeared on the uh, Twin Cities public television uh, political show Almanac. And his quote was something along the lines of, well, with the rise in crime that was happening across the country, uh, it was weaponized to scare people. And when people are scared about their safety, they're not thinking big. I mean, what does that even mean? The fact that you can't walk out your front door without the fear of being uh, carjacked, you're not thinking big? And Mitch did a great job on yesterday's broadcast breaking it down about how particularly the president of the Minneapolis City Council, Lisa Bender, was saying, well, when when you call 911 
and you expect police uh, police assistance, well, that's a that's a point of privilege, you know. And, and as Mitch brilliantly pointed out, yeah, it's a privilege that I'm paying for through my tax dollars. So this uh, this anti police rhetoric was just absolutely absurd. And like I say, Javier Murillo, I think capped it off the the absurdity beautifully by saying, you know, when people are scared about their safety, they're not thinking big. You know, come on, take one for the team. Suffer a carjacking. Give up your vehicle. You know, fear for your safety for a little bit. You got to look at the bigger picture here. I, I, I mean, yeah, that I think that was a contributing factor to why it failed. Because I, I would venture to say, and again, I have no way of knowing this. This is just a theory I have. There were probably some citizens who voted no on this, but still thought, you know, there, there definitely could be some reforms done and maybe defund the police Not, but might not be a bad thing. But I'm looking at these people who are talking about it, defunding the police, and I sure as hell don't want to associate with that, with that lot. I don't think like they do. They're just nuts. So, uh, you know, it, it pro- and, you know, Javi, he threw Governor Tim Walls under the bus. Uh, he threw uh, Congresswoman Angie Craig under the bus because he didn't feel like they were strong enough allies or something along those lines. So, uh, yeah, I just was sitting back with popcorn popping. Uh, uh, the caller is calling off air. Uh, caller wants to know why two convictions for one shooting regarding Kim Potter. Are you talking about why both charges? Why they're convicted with, uh, for both charges? Yeah, from a legal standpoint, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that... Um, you know, I given the legal statute that she was guilty of both. That again, that's what the jury decided, and it had to be anonymous. By the way, it had to be unanimous. I should say, not anonymous, unanimous. And there was one holdout, by the way, which uh, could have resulted in a hung jury, and then the prosecution would have had to decide to retry the case or just let it ride. Um, you know, or maybe get a plea deal, but. Obviously, that didn't happen. So I appreciate the caller. I, I'm not I'm not familiar with the legal aspect of it, but if you look at the definition of the statutes for first degree manslaughter and second degree manslaughter, the jury felt that Kim Potter's actions fit in the criteria of both. But again, in Minnesota, you're only sentenced based on the most severe charge, which in this case, of course, is first degree. So appreciate the call on that. Uh, but this is uh, this because this failed so resoundingly. This is something that uh, even Democrats are starting to admit, ooh, boy, this might not be uh, the wisest course of action. Uh, Chris Kaliza, who is a CNN editor-at-large, he wrote this piece at CNN.com a couple days after the election, and it was a piece entitled, uh, let me get the accurate headline, even Democrats are now admitting defund the police was a massive mistake. If CNN is is coming out with a story like that, you know. Again, I'll just read from Saliza's piece again. This was just a couple days after the election. On Tuesday, a proposal to fundamentally restructure the Minneapolis Police Department in the wake of George Floyd's death in 2020 was soundly defeated, a setback that even many Democrats acknowledged could be laid at the feet of the defund the police movement that some within the party embraced last summer. I think allowing this moniker defund the police to ever get out there was not a good thing, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison told the Washington Post Dave Weigel on Thursday. That's a remarkable turnaround from how politicians in and out of Minnesota acted in the immediate aftermath of Floyd's death and the summer of nationwide protests that followed. Nine members of the Minneapolis City Council appeared at an event in June 2020 in which they pledged that they would work to dismantle the police force in the city. They did so on a stage that featured large cutout letters spelling out defund police. You know what else really blew up in their face? And again, they have no one but themselves to blame. There were three members of the Minneapolis City Council that contracted private security for them to and from their workplace because they feared for their safety. And guess who pays for that? The taxpayers of Minneapolis. So you want to this is something that the Democrats are going to pay the price for. And this week, uh, coming up January 6th, of course, is the one year anniversary of the riots at the U.S. Capitol while they were trying to certify the results of the presidential election. 
CNN is already having a one-year special in a big town hall where they're going to talk about the darkest day in American history. I mean, some of them feel like that. They feel it's worse than 9-11, some people. Because that is literally all the Democrats have to try to save their hides from a shellacking in the 2022 midterms. That is all they have. And it's not going to work. You know why? Because people are seeing the prices that they pay for basic goods and how inflation is adversely impacting them and how there is still rising crime rate, out of control. And yet you have the squad, those uh, certain members of U.S. Congress who call themselves the squad, who have safe seats, that are going to continue to defund the police mantra because guess what? Their jobs aren't going to be on the line. They're just going to continue to get rubber stamped through their districts, whether it's Tide Potavita, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or Ilan Omar here in Minneapolis, or Ayanna Presley or Rashida Tlaib, whomever else, Cori Bush, I think she's an honorary member of the squad now. They're all going to get rubber stamped through re-election, and so they can continue the mantra, abolish the police force. It's a crime ring. You know, that's what Javier Murillo labels them, a crime ring. They can continue with that because they don't have anything at stake. They're going to continue to get their taxpayer-funded jobs, but it's going to crater the Democrat Party because you're letting these loons run the whole deal. And the Democrats have no one but themselves to blame for it. So that's why this is going to be continue to be hung around their neck and Democrats continue to object to it. Oh, well, uh, like in 2020, uh, Republicans made significant gains in the Minnesota House and they kept the majority in the Minnesota Senate in large part because of the Democrats defund the police rhetoric. And a lot of Democrats strenuously objected to it. It's like, well, take it up with your far left uh, progressive uh, counterparts in your own party. Take it up with them if you don't like it. Because they're the ones who are shouting it from the hills. So this is going to continue to be drumbeat, and uh, the squad's uh, quotes are going to continue to be blasted, and they're not going to—they're not—they're not going to back down from it either. They won't. They won't back down from it. So if you want to say the Republican Party is the party of Trump, and the Republican Party is going to sink because of Trump, that's all fine and good, and that's a valid criticism. But I guarantee you this: uh, a moderate Democrat is becoming more and more of an endangered species. How many defections have there been from House Democrats, U.S. House Democrats, this in 2021 that are not seeking re-election because they see the writing on the wall. They see the ship sinking, and they don't want to be a part of it. Okay? So you can say that the Republican Party is going to be sunk because of Trump because they don't really have any policy agenda. They just want to own the libs. And, hey, that's fair criticism. I have that criticism myself. But if you do so without ignoring... The problem with the Democrats have a far left progressive problem, then uh, you're being uh, intellectually dishonest. I'll just say that. One more segment to go 651 289 4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. It's me, Brad Carlson, reviewing the biggest Minnesota news stories from 2021. Uh, maybe we'll take the final segment to do a look ahead, unless you want to call with your own big news story from Minnesota in 2021. That is perfectly fine, but either way, it is one final segment coming up on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Feeling took me down. I struggled and I lost the day you knocked me out. Now everything's got meaning. The meanings bring me down. I'm watching as a screening of my life plays out. AM 1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about 100% drug-free Relief Factor. I've been taking Relief Factor for years now to help me deal with pain in my body. My wife takes it as well. The reason we tell everyone uh, we know about it is simple. We found it really works to help our bodies fight off the inflammation that causes aches and pains. Whether it's the pain of injuries you've sustained or just the natural pains from the mileage over the years, Relief Factor can help. I've never looked back. Almost 7% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. 
I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org Pro-Life Across America Educational, non-political and tax deductible A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception Pro-Life Across America The Billboard people 612 The Bird Trust is earned and couldn't be more important when you have a house project Early Bird Electric is the troubleshooting expert. Just look at their Google reviews. Early Bird is your go-to resource for home inspections and problem solving. Small projects like adding an outlet and big projects like remodels and rewiring. 612, The Bird. And yes, Early Bird offers same-day service and 24-7 emergency service. Mention AM1280 The Patriot and your trip charge is free with repair purchase. 612, The Bird. Or visit 612thebird.com. Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker. Now streaming AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Just ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis. That's play The Patriot Minneapolis. Welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And I hope you had a uh, safe uh, new year, or at least ringing in the new year, 2022. We uh, all hope that 2022 brings... Uh, uh, a lot more um, calm and uh, restoration of normality. Uh, I don't know what normal looks like anymore, to be perfectly honest. I remember, uh, it's funny, at, at my blog, bradcarlson.org, I look back a lot at some of the posts I wrote back in 2016 and 2017 and thinking how crazy times were back then with everything that was going on, uh, particularly in 2016, you know, the presidential campaign, one of the most dysfunctional campaigns ever with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and all that was happening there. And, of course, some pretty serious stuff, uh, particularly the uh, Flando-Castile incident in Falcon Heights and uh, the subsequent protests down in Dallas when uh, law enforcement officers were killed. And uh, definitely not discounting what happened in 2016, to be sure. But all that being said, uh, it definitely seems like uh, kid gloves, compared to what's been gone on the past couple of years. That's that's for sure. So we, we definitely hope for uh, some more nor- normality. Um, I'll, I'll say this, coming up in 2022, we're going to cover a lot about the midterms. Uh, the Republicans look to be in good shape to take over the U.S. House and further neutralize President Biden's agenda. Uh, the Senate, you know, it's it's a 50-50 split right now. Right now, the Republicans look like they're in good shape, but a lot can happen. Uh, you still have two very key states, uh, Rob Portman in Ohio, Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania, two key senators who are not going to seek re-election. Uh, Ohio, I think, looks pretty good for Republicans, depending upon whom their nominee is. Pennsylvania, that's going to be a tall order to hang on to. And then, of course, you've got re- realistic flips in Arizona, uh, with Senator Democrat Senator Mark Kelly, Georgia with Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock, <clears throat> and as well as Democrat Senator Nevada. Those are realistic flips, but the Republicans need to put forth decent candidates. Okay? You just can't fall into a candidacy and hope to just take over the Senate. And that's where Republicans really need to make hay. If they can take over Congress, it'll set them up well for 2024. And because the Biden agenda is still very unpopular, and so... Of course, the Biden administration is going to go with all oh, these obstructionist Republicans, you know, continuing to obstruct, you know, particularly the Build Back Better. Well, that was widely unpopular. So people weren't devastated to see Build Back Better fall by the wayside. 
So I don't know what the Democrats are going to do looking ahead to 2024. But one thing at a time, 2022, we're going to cover a lot of uh, issues regarding the midterms. It's a very critical year here in Minnesota as well. I mean, you've got all pretty much all of St. Paul up for re-election because, of course, redistricting is going to take place here within the next month or two. So we're going to have new uh, congressional lines redrawn, and obviously Senate uh, Minnesota Senate and House districts will be redrawn. And so depending upon how that happens, and it's ultimately going to be decided by the courts because no way you're going to get a split legislature and a Democrat governor agree on congressional maps. So ultimately the courts will decide. And how that shakes out is going to be dependent upon how power shifts. Republicans need to only flip, <clears throat> see if I remember right, uh, they only need to flip, uh, see if my math is correct, four seats? Yeah, four seats in the House, Minnesota House, in order to take the majority there. And they already have the majority uh, in the Senate, 34 Republicans, 31 Democrats, and two independents. And right now the two independents, uh, Thomasoni and Bach, caucus with the Republicans. Uh, obviously, uh, Senator Thomasoni with his health issues, uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to continue. So we'll see. But the thing we're looking towards, can Republicans try to, will Republicans finally break through and win a statewide race? And obviously the big one is the governor's race. Governor Wallace is potentially vulnerable, but right now his approval ratings, he's uh, got a majority of uh, Minnesotans surveyed that approve of his job performance. So he's going to be difficult to beat. Whether you agree that that's uh, rational or not, that's a fact. He's going to be difficult to beat. So we need to choose wisely here. And we've got a lot of battle lines drawn between the, right now, five candidates vying for the Republican nomination for governor And we have to coalesce behind whomever emerges. And we've not been good at that. And when I say me, we, I mean Republicans. I'm not technically Republican anymore, but I'm going to vote for the Republican candidate for governor. So we definitely need to choose wisely on that. Someone asked if uh, will Biden do a State of the Union address. I imagine so. That's typically done in late January, so we'll wait for word of when that's scheduled. So we appreciate that. Folks, uh, I've enjoyed it. Happy New Year. Godspeed, my friends. Look forward to a great 2022. See ya. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. Have you recently received a quote for an exterior home improvement project that was so high it made you seriously consider selling the house instead? In today's market, it's more important than ever to get multiple bids to make sure you're getting the best possible prices on any investment in your home. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. Not only can I provide you the most competitive bids in the Twin Cities for free, but I can guarantee it will be the quickest and easiest way to get them. Whether you need siding, roofing, or windows, I will personally come to your house for a short meeting so we can determine which name brands make the most sense for you and your house. And I'm all about multiple options, so you can have a variety of price points to choose from. A few days later, you'll receive an email from me with the bids attached. I've done the homework on brands and contractors, so you don't have to. It's that simple. No salespeople, no pressure, and no obligation to buy. To set up one short meeting with me, visit GetMyThreeQuotes.com. That's the number three, GetMyThreeQuotes.com. Arby's Computer Service. 
You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. AM 1280, The Patriot is WW.